Yo, what up? I'm not doing a, a usual intro this time because we're doing a little bit of a different episode this month. Uh, we thought we'd kind of skip the guests for once, although people <laughs> might randomly be showing up later, uh, and just doing some some topics that we've been wanting to talk about a little while and haven't been able to fit into the themes of our episodes, and also just kind of a getting to know your hosts type episode. <laughs> so just uh, me and you here, Paulo. This is totally our our intention to do a, a dinner with Andre type thing, and not because our guests were not able to to join us this month. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that reference. Uh? Dinner with Andre. It was a from it's a movie that was referenced on Community that I haven't seen. <laughs> Fair. I might uh, not even have the title right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So our first couple topics, we're gonna talk about. Uh, movie trailers that are coming out these days and the movie theater experience and maybe a little bit of what does the future of the movie theater experience look like um, and then we're just going to do some interview questions that we want to ask each other and that's about it so we'll jump right into it uh, no movies that we've seen recently that we want to talk about yet although might as the episode goes on um, so yeah I guess first thing I want to talk about was movie trailers um, what, what's your kind of high level uh, I forget the words I'm looking for here. Just like, yeah, what do you think of movie trailers these days? Um, aside from most of them being very similar. Um, I think that's teetered off a little bit as of late. Yeah, I mean, there was like, there was a wave of uh, the movie trailer set to like a song, like a, a popular song. Yeah. And then everything happening to the beat of that song. Um, that's kind of, I think it started with Suicide Squad, right? No, no. I think Suicide Squad was cop copying Guardians. Right. But Guardians didn't do it as a trailer necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And then that like conned me into watching Suicide Squad. And then just like, I, I don't even remember which movies, but it just seemed like every trailer was coming out where everything's set to the beat of this song and it's like a popular song justice league tried to do it with like the beatles remake yeah yeah <laughs> come together yeah um so dc kind of single-handedly ruined that trend <laughs> by making bad movies with their trailers what i what i would have liked to see is like green book jump something a movie like green book jumping on that bandwagon <laughs> i think that would have been interesting yeah so i mean because that was the trend recently i think before that there was a lot of complaining about like the trend was all the same like you would have uh, oh, random days going on, and then boom, explosion, and then like you show the the title of the film, and then it goes to like coming soon, and then <laughs> post credit scene within the trailer itself. Oh, like the, the last me. shot of yeah. the trailer, yeah, where the, there's like a reveal. The the thing that annoys me the most in kind of trailers is when they've obviously used an edit to make a. I don't even know how to describe this, but so Guardians two there was a scene where Drax makes a joke in a trailer and then it cuts to a scene where Nebula is laughing. And it's like, <laughs> Nebula would never laugh at a joke like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it was so obvious in the trailer. Of like, if you know anything about these characters, they've just like made it seem like something it's not. From, from my own ignorance, I don't know if you know this, but like, do you think that the trailers are made by just a completely different, like they send us, the, oh, yeah. they send it's a different studio. To an, yeah, a different studio. Very infrequently do the actual directors make their own trailers. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, Suicide Squad, speaking of them, um, they were the ones, so the studio that made the first trailer, that first trailer was such a hit that they hired that studio to edit the movie. 
So the cut of the movie that they made because we like know that a big trailer. Yeah, because Suicide Squad obviously got so chopped up in like post production. Yeah, and it was that company that they hired to do it <laughs> because that trailer was uh, well at least got rave reviews. Yeah. Um. So another trailer. Speaking about directors who direct their own trailers, um, I recently watched a trailer for a movie coming out called Grass. Grass. Uh, Grass. Um, it's made by a Korean director. His name is Hong Sang Soo. Uh, the entire trailer is a woman like it. So you're looking down a staircase. She's at the bottom. She comes running up to the top, and she's like got a concerned look at her face, and she looks over off camera. And then she goes to the bottom of the stairs, like, oh, I'm not going to talk to this person that's over there. And then she changes her minds and runs up the stairs, and then changes her mind to run down. And the whole trailer is a minute and a half of her just of running that. up and down the stairs. <laughs> and I'm totally on board with that, because, like, that's an accurate representation of the type of movies he makes. Yeah. And I'd love to see more of that, where it's like, that's not a format of any trailer. No one has ever tested that well. Yeah. Uh, and I ultimately know nothing about what the movie is. And it's just like, now I'm kind of interested because the acting was good and the sound was yeah, good. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of like Cloverfield. Not that it's the same in any way, but just the same uh, the same idea where you don't know what the movie is about. It's just like literally a tease of something that you want to know. Yeah. Um, because I like the first trailer was just the... the uh, for Cloverfield, I mean. The first trailer was like the Statue of Liberty head. Yeah, yeah. Right? You didn't even know it was a trailer at first. Yeah, yeah. So that and that's why like it exploded. I think there, there was so much hype behind Cloverfield because mm-hmm. of that, and then they went ahead and made the Cloverfield paradox, which kind of just <laughs> ruined it. But yeah, in terms of trailers, that was like, I think that kicked off the the that was like a good example of uh, different from everything else. And that's another thing I want to talk about was like, what is the purpose of a trailer? Because there's really good trailers out there. Um, one example I would say is the third Batman versus Superman trailer, where it starts off with Batman in the warehouse and he's like kicking ass. And that was, it was a super good trailer, <laughs> but it was not necessarily representative of the movie and the movie wasn't good. And I think like, is the job of a trailer just to get someone in the seats or does it like, is there a responsibility with trailer making to set your audience's expectations the right way? Um, I think it's 100% not setting your audience expe- audience's expectations, clearly. But, I mean, I don't know. You would like them to... I mean, they're not going to make a trailer to if the movie sucks and just be like, not make well, it look not, cool. <laughs> not that, but... I mean, don't sell a movie for something it's not. Like, sell it as it is yeah. and show it in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's plenty, like, there's some action, quote-unquote action movies that I've gone to in the past. I think there was one, um, I thought it was going to be, like, this is back when I just wanted, like, explosion movie. <laughs> and then I, I would go to the theater, because the trailer looks like there's a lot of, I think The Thin mm. Red Line. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes, and that was not probably the movie that you wanted. Yeah, to. and I, I, this was, I don't know, I was, like, 14, 15. So I was looking for, like, explosion movie, and then I watched The Thin Red Line, and I was like, hmm, it's kind of I remember there was slow. a few like that, and if, like, if you know the directors, you kind of know what type of movie they're going to make. And when the trailer for Drive came out, I was like, I bet you that's all of the action in the movie in that trailer. <laughs> and the rest of it's going to be very quiet, because if you know the director, that's yeah. what his movies are like. But then, unfortunately, most people don't have your uh <laughs> And so they're going in thinking this knowledge. is going to be like Baby Driver. It's yeah. going to be like all this fun action. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nope, no, it's not. Um, 
I did one of my favorite trailers. Um, I don't know if you remember the Matt Damon movie, The Informant. I remember. I, d- I don't think I ever saw it. So one of the reasons I like the trailer is because part of the learning that the audience goes on throughout that movie is that Matt Damon, and so in the trailer, he he's like this big dummy and he's always making these yeah. mistakes and he's supposed to go undercover, but he's like screwing it up all the time. Yeah. Um, and part of what you learn by the end of the movie is that he's actually the one stealing from the company and he's getting away with it because he's putting on this kind of disguise oh, of like, okay. I'm an idiot, no one suspects me. Yeah. Um, and I think if you've ever had people in your life who kind of are like that, of like they put on that facade of friendliness like to hide their deceptiveness, like it, the best way possible to promote that movie would be him being dumb idiot. And that's not what the movie was, but it's the perfect trailer. <laughs> and I've never really seen a trailer that I've done that before where it like sets up the expectations to enjoy the movie better. But maybe that's expecting too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering, like, do the, the the studio that makes the trailer, have they even watched the full movie? Or are they just, like, cherry-picking? Sometimes they have to produce it before the movie's finished. I, I know, so. that's exactly. So, it just, uh, it seems like kind of a flawed system to me. But, yeah, there are some movies, especially, like, um, I go to movies at TIFF, and I do, like, more of kind of, like, the artsy art house cinema. And, like, some of those movies get made, and then two, uh, two years later they get released. And I think because the directors are more hand-holding some of it, like, they don't want to pay a production company to do it on the side. Mm-hmm. They'll just do it themselves. Um, and so it saves money. But I think it just produces much better trailers, much more interesting trailers. Um, to the point when, like, when I do the pre-shows at TIFF, like, I'm actually learning about new movies, and I'm, like, making decisions on what I'm going to see based on that. Uh, whereas, like... I don't know, whatever the new Star Wars 9 trailer is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to impact my decision to go see it because I'm already going to go see it. Guaranteed the Star Wars 9 trailer is going to look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The Episode 8 trailers look great. <laughs> well, um, well, okay, I'm not going to get into that fight right <laughs> now. <laughs> um, that's just going to take us down a, another rabbit hole. But um, what, do you, what do you think the next trend of trailers is going to be? Like, we already had the, the pop song, and then, like, everything to the beat. There's the, like, no information, but it's, like, literally just a teaser, and then... I think we're going to start seeing full scene trailers. Where just one full scene. It's just, um, I don't know if you... Oh, like, uh, the, when the Batman movies did that. Yeah, Batman also did that. Christopher Nolan, I guess, in general. Yeah, but for yeah. Dunkirk, um, if you went into some of IMAX movies before the movie came out, they would show the first seven minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you make a really good scene like that, then it's like you're not giving anything away, but you know, yeah. it gets people excited. Yeah. But you have to make a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. is like You can hide a shitty movie in editing. You can't hide a shitty movie by just playing out a whole scene because you'll figure it out. It's probably why only Christopher Nolan does it. <laughs> Um, are there any examples of trailers recently where you didn't hear about the movie, you weren't excited for it, and then you saw a trailer and you were excited and the movie delivered exactly what the trailer told you it was going to be? Um, that's, that's so much like criteria that I have I, I would say Triple Frontier. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good movie. example. Like, I didn't know about it at all. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks better than what it's actually going to be, but then the movie was actually good. Yeah, actually, that is a good example because I, ju- I did just watch Triple Frontier and I actually really liked it. Even though it was like, it was kind of a thin red line uh, <laughs> effect where I thought it was going to be a little more action, but I 
coming into it, that's what I was expecting. But even when that didn't turn out, it's still I still really liked the movie because it was just a like a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good example. I'm trying to think of another one though. Uh, trailer for Free Fire, I'd say, was really good too. Uh, but that's such like a an easy movie to sell because it's so just like it's one long action scene. Or yeah. Like. <laughs> that one, like, I'm surprised that it didn't have more buzz, especially considering because the trailer was good and it looked good in the trailer and the movie was good, but like no one ever talked about it, and I ended up watching it like only when it came out on Netflix after. I remember it, like seeing the trailer at first and I was like, yeah, I want to watch this. And then I just didn't think about it for the like a few months and then I saw it on Netflix. I remember it came to a TIFF festival and then didn't get released like till nine months after that. So I think they must have not got great reviews at that festival, which oh. I don't know why because it, you don't <laughs> see festival movies. They're all really slow and boring. And so to see something <laughs> like Free Fire like must have been That's exciting. not what they want. They don't want the long action scene. Um, on the flip side, shitty trailers that are happening these days. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the the one like concrete example of a shitty trailer that I can always have in my back pocket. What specifically about it? It just, like, it's weird because knowing who's who was in that movie, like I like most of those actresses and actors, those actors, <laughs> um, and I find them really funny outside. Like, in most things, like Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. um, the other girl from SNL. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> she has, like... I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> she has, like... The, a, the, the weird one. Yeah, the weird <laughs> one. Um, and, um, like, two of them in particular, I find them really funny. Who was the other... There was Leslie Melissa Jones. Melissa McCarthy. And then, oh, Melissa McCarthy. Mm. I'm not... I was a Melissa McCarthy fan when she was a side character. I'm not a huge fan of her when she stepped into the spotlight. Me neither. Um, but yeah, so like I'm a fan of like I like their stuff. I find them funny, but the trailer was just not funny. But it was also because the movie wasn't funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there was like a couple th- like things. Just the uh, the the SNL girl and Kristen Wiig. They don't have to really do that much for me to find them funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. But a that was one of the problems not. with that movie is they were just trying too hard to be funny all the time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Kristen Wiig is great with like subtle humor. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's a good point. So it, that that's a that's my example. Um, I'm trying to think of a trailer where it was just like a really bad representation of the movie in not a way that they were trying to like oversell it, yeah. but it's like they undersold it. Um. Oh, actually, one that I'll bring up. So we saw um, fighting with my family on the weekend. Okay. Uh, I saw that trailer and I was like, "This looks kind of stupid." I thought uh, it looked okay, actually. Well, okay, I didn't I'm overselling yeah, how yeah. much I didn't like it, but like it seemed like okay, whatever, decent, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I like Nick Frost, um, but anything else didn't really appeal to me. The movie was actually really good, um, and I just feel like there's so many other scenes that they could have used to sell that movie better, and they just didn't. Yeah. Um, how about or how about on the point of like scenes being in the trailer but not <laughs> in the movie? Because I feel like that's. That's yeah. happened a lot more recently. Well, yeah. not like k- kind of recently, and that that just annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, Rogue One happened a ton. That was yeah, but I feel like that was because of like cuts and like reshoots. Yeah, I guess that's the problem with like making a trailer before your movie's before done. Before the movie comes out, yeah. Because like the, I remember the whole like you thought she was gonna be sneaking around on the on the base and like yeah. in disguise, and they had like 
30 seconds of that. Maybe that's in why the middle I of a giant ended up scene. not liking that movie because they <laughs> not, not only did the trailer oversell what type of movie it was going to be, but like it teased all these really interesting sequences that they just never did anything with. All right, it's Rogue One fight time. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, no, let's move. Let's move yeah. on from that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the like you mentioned the like the Korean trailer, the mm-hmm. movie trailer for Grass. If that if that somehow turns into like a viral hit, like a like a bird box type of thing somehow, which it probably won't. But um, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe every trailer will be just something completely random, like a one-shot of... We'll have this whole trend of people running up and down eating stairs. A, eating a peach at a bus stop for, like, two minutes or something. Uh, did you ever see the movie A Ghost Story? No. <laughs> you, the cake scene? Yeah. <laughs> I actually tried to... Because you talked about it before, and I was I tried to search it on YouTube. Because I, I, I wasn't planning to watch the movie, but now mm-hmm. I'm just curious to watch that scene. And... Yeah, I did like, I, I kind of I stopped pretty quickly. <laughs> it's very long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like I like trailers like that because when you at least show that you're gonna do something different, then yeah. it's like, like I watch enough movies where it's just like if somebody makes a movie of something different, even if it's not perfectly made, it's like there's value there. Yeah, and I think that's like a good that's a good hint that the movie will be different because most like it's it's the 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 cookie cutter. Uh, example of like the the trailer looks hype this is the kind of movie they're going for it's not like I don't I don't think it's very misrepresented that much hmm. nowadays but I'm gonna I'm gonna use this point to segue into our second segment which is around uh, movie theater experiences this day because part of that I also want to talk about the difference between movie theaters and the whole Netflix and Amazon <laughs> stuff because um, yeah in topping talking about directors doing their own thing that's something I've kind of noticed with the Netflix releases that they've done where they're actually the ones producing it, like Mute and Annihilation and uh, Triple Frontier. Yeah. In that, especially the early ones, like you can tell that they let directors do whatever they want, which I should be really supportive of. But <laughs> it's resulted in me noticing like, hmm, you should have gotten a better production studio to like give you some <laughs> yeah. tips here. Yeah. Um, especially around like Mute. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that just like, didn't land as well as I thought but you could tell that they just like they didn't want to follow any formula but like it felt like a first draft yeah um, I so think it, they feel like almost even rushed like because they, mm-hmm. they're trying to like I, I do appreciate that they're they're doing things di- like doing different things but then also they're just at the same time it's just like okay do more more we need more uh, more content and then it, it like it suffers a little bit because of that yeah, like, I don't even know if it's being rushed out or if it's inexperienced. Like, it's hard to say at this point. Like, I think they're... With Triple Frontier, I think they gave me a little bit more hope for their future that, like, they're learning how to produce these things a little bit yeah. better. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox was a disaster. I um, was I was excited to watch that one. And I was too, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because that movie had been talked about for about two years before that. Yeah, oh, um, really? Because J.J. Abrams was, I think, producing initially... Um, and it was supposed to be called The God Particle. Uh, and it had all these, like, interesting ideas. And they're just like, oh, like, because 10 Cloverfield Lane was great. Yeah. Um, and they talked about, like, they're just going to use Cloverfield as a brand for all these interesting sci-fi movies that are just completely dip- whatever, but then we'll just connect it with the name. You just uh, showed the monster at the end yeah. coming through the clouds. 
that was like the one thing that I'll always remember about the movie, like the, the was it the skate pod or whatever, and it's like falling yeah. back to earth, and then the Cloverfield monster just pops out after the entire movie, like oh Cloverfield now. Yeah, that's, I feel like they decide after the movie is made that they're gonna make a Cloverfield, <laughs> yeah. and they just tack one scene on at the end. Yeah. Oh, that happened with Ten Cloverfield yeah. Lane too, which was my least favorite part of that movie. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever read what the original ending of that movie was supposed to be. The Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Uh, was it supposed to be like nothing was wrong outside? Or there was no aliens. It was like John Goodman was supposed to be like crazy, and then you yeah. find out like his wife was murdered, and it was like all these like really interesting. Character yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Which would have made sense for what the movie was. About. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then so we can't call it Ten Cloverfield Lane. True. Uh, so that was my lazy segue into <laughs> talking about movie theaters. Now, um, I think that was your segue into talking about movies. Yeah. just now. <laughs> Uh, but I do kind of want to talk a little bit about like the movie theater experience because the ability to watch these things at home when they're first opening, I think, is impacting that. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, what's your thoughts on the movie theater experience these days? I I have a love hate relationship with it because there's lots of I'm I'm very uncomfortable most of the time when mm. like physically uncomfortable in a movie theater. Like my legs are too long, and I'm too worried about like kicking the person's chair in front of me while the person behind me doesn't not care. worried at all <laughs> yeah and like every chair like how it's a recliner mm. i don't i don't know if i'm just dumb but i don't know how to sit in those because like i try to keep it forward so i just end up doing like a wall sit yeah. for two hours and this like things like this is what ruined so when i want to when i went to watch aquaman um i think it was opening night it completely ruined the, the entire experience for me because so I was in between well I was next to a really like not a big person but like he took up a lot of space mm -hmm. on my side so like his legs were really long and mine were like right next to his and like I was sitting on my jacket it's really hot I have no space to move and then the guy in front of me is like leaning all the way back yeah. in his chair so my legs are like in a, one spot for the entire movie and then the person behind me, I think it was a little girl, and she was, like, kicking my chair the entire time and talking to her mom or her dad. Yeah. I think when I movie. go to opening night, I'm a, I prepare myself a little bit for shit like that. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I'm very, like, I'm easygoing for mm -hmm. the most part, but, like, that was just, like, extreme, and that was the worst experience I've ever had in a theater. But, yeah. like... I, I unfortunately had a similar experience when I went to see Blade Runner 2049 first time, and I saw it twice <laughs> in theaters because of this. Uh, but I saw it opening night when it was actually like a packed theater and the woman beside me was just like shuffling her jacket around like every like two minutes <laughs> and like because that movie is very quiet it's very like yeah uh, environmental um, and it just like ruined the whole fucking experience um, which is too bad um, usually like I don't mind going on like a Marvel opening night because it's like it's all explosions like, yeah you kind of <laughs> stop hearing things yeah um, but even like like I I go way out of my way to try to find theaters where I'm gonna have a better experience like i go at like 10 a.m screenings on weekends yeah and there's always like there's three people in the theater and then the trailer start and i'm like okay i'm good to go and then somebody comes in and sits right behind me and starts eating popcorn <laughs> and it's like it's made me start questioning why i even go to the theater that much if i hate it so much i think but there's, there's a lot to like too yeah like that all that being said i do like being in the theater for movies i don't know i think it's just i think i'm just programmed now like growing up with the theater experience like I have to go at least once in a while because like as much as I love watching things on Netflix and I do 
like I have to I, I don't know I just have to go to the theater sometimes and I think part one part of it is like say in those Marvel opening nights mm-hmm. when even when the crowd gets a little rowdy and like at certain moments like, like those clapping. movies are fine yeah I, I don't mind that I actually enjoy that and it makes me, like, yeah in, in the right movie it's a good thing yeah and like I don't know when they're like clapping at the Marvel logo and stuff like that <laughs> That like adds to it. I don't know. It's just funny for me. But like, I don't know. It, and then the the off. It's just such. It's such a fifty. Like, it's so up in the air. It's like a flip of a coin where, it'll be great. Uh, and like you'll be comfortable and the movie will be fun. Whatever. Or like you'll have people sitting on you basically and, like, eating popcorn in your ear. That doesn't bother yeah. me by the way. The popcorn thing is just. I fucking thing. hate. Popcorn so <laughs> I know. Much. <laughs> I I am that popcorn eater actually. But I try to eat very quietly. It's almost worse when people try to eat quiet because then it takes them <laughs> okay. longer. Well, like, I try. I'd rather someone just shove down their popcorn in the first like five minutes of a movie and don't have to worry about it. Well, I feel like the majority of people do actually do that. True. There are <laughs> the occasional people who just like wait the entire movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm starting. Like I, I'm used to it. I see like a hundred movies in theaters a year. Like I should be more used to this than <laughs> I am. But it's more just like. Especially to some of the movies I see. Like, at a Marvel opening night, you know what to expect. There's movies that I see where it's, like, the trailer hasn't even sold it as being, like, much different than what it is. Like, you know you're going into, like, a quiet art host type movie. And yet you still have people get in there with, like, five snacks in their lap. And I'm like, like, what did you expect here? Yeah, and then you have people, like, cool. on their phone <laughs> in the middle. And it's like, why, why are you in a theater if you <laughs> want to be on your phone for two hours? Um... Because going back to the thing that I really love about the theater is that even at home, like I, I was watching Dragged Across Concrete the other night and I had my headphones and I have really good sound with those and like even my laptop has pretty good and I was in bed, so comfortable experience. <laughs> it should be a good way to watch a movie, but there's no way I can sit in my bed for two, this, this movie was actually two hours and 40 minutes without checking my phone. Yeah. And so if you're at home, there's always distractions. There's always things going That's on. That's a good point. Oh, shit. And it's like... It, the theater experience, the value isn't just for kind of those big movies where it's like the big screen is valuable and the big sound is valuable. Like, I actually think the movie experience is better for the quieter movies because it allows you to shut everything else out and allows you to see all the little details. Yeah. Um, one of the better theater experiences I've had in the last few years was a movie called Columbus, um, starring John Cho, um, about two people in the city of Columbus, Indiana, and they were just hanging out and talking and like, <laughs> you're. Like, it's really selling the environment of the city. And, like, that was a movie where you need to see it in theaters because it's so about the environment. And, like, hearing the sound in the right way possible and seeing the visuals in the right way possible with no distractions, uh, there's just, there's nothing that's going to beat that experience. Yeah. Um, And so there is, like, that's what annoys me is, like, there's so much value in being able to see a movie in theaters, but then whenever you go, someone's going to ruin it. (laughs) Yeah. And like on on top of that, like I think future future trends. I don't know. Like it it seems like it's not. I mean, I don't think theaters are gonna like disappear. But so, I, what do you think the theater experience will look like twenty years from now? I mean, it's it's so tough because like with with people being able to watch from home and like streaming and just street like streaming services and whatever. I, I feel like. Like, the theaters have to be struggling. Most of them. I don't know. Like, with all these, like, 
you look at how much movie or how much money a movie like the Avengers makes, and there's yeah. so much more of those event type movies than there used to be. Yeah, but then like ticket, like tickets, the ticket sales don't go to the theater, right? Like none of them, not like zero percent, unless I think some of it does. At least a little bit of a cut does. Okay. Otherwise, they would only make movie on the food. Yeah, no. But I, even then, like... I, I mean, I, that sounded weird to me when I first heard it. I don't remember where I heard it, but I remember hearing somewhere that the like the ticket sales are... Like, the theater doesn't keep anything from the ticket sales. Hmm. And, and then, like, you see them starting to do things like putting VR... Uh, like, mm-hmm. at Scotiabank Theater, they have, like, the whole yeah. VR section. Like, they're, they're trying to do things. Like, they... There's a bar now. Like you can bring beer into the theater now. Like they're trying, they're trying to do things to make people come into the theater. And I feel like that's a product of them struggling. <laughs> but these big movies still have to be really good for them. And well, so on another a topic of them getting as much money as they can, uh, how much money do you think they make off of the pre-show advertisements? And the fact that it takes 22 minutes between your start time and when the movie <laughs> actually starts. You know, si- side note to that, I was in the pre-show la- one time, I was thinking of like checking to actually see how much it costs to to um, get time on the pre-show <laughs> so we could like put a Houston <laughs> We on the podcast uh, ad in there. It's probably way too expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so listeners, if you, uh, <laughs> you want to send us some money uh, to see us in the next time you're in the theater. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely accept. I'll put uh, Carson's email. What would we even do for a commercial? <laughs> we could shoot something. We were going to make a movie, right? Yeah. With Aaron. This Our is the official announcement. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we're announcing it. If you've made it this far. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, def- they definitely make a lot. So do you think, say, 20 years from now, theaters are only going to be for the big event movies and that's all that will be there and everything else will transition to Netflix? Or, I mean, I hope not. I, I, I think from what the points that I was making about like the theater struggling and whatever or the theater business struggling, I, I, it kind of seems that way. But, yeah, like, there, like you said, there's so many movies that aren't the big movies that you have to watch in the theater because it's it's better. Like you're 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 zoned in, mm-hmm. and uh, people can't be on their phones. You can't be on your phone, well, unless you're an asshole. <laughs> um, there's a and, lot of assholes. Out yeah, there. <laughs> but like, I, in 20 years, I honestly I can't say like I don't. I I'm gonna say everything will be a VIP theater. <laughs> I actually don't like VIP theater experience. I actually I mean, find it worse sometimes. I mean, they're they're okay. They're just. But I, they're so you think it's gonna go to like smaller rooms, like better service type thing? Maybe yeah. Like, like it's gonna be like, like almost a, a luxury. Like when you go to like a karaoke bar. Yeah. And it's like you get your own room and you do whatever you want. People want to talk, they can talk. Oh God, I hope not. But like. I, I think they have to change something. Like I, I don't think this model is gonna work for that much longer. But it's either. It's going to transition to streaming, and you're going to have these huge event things. What I'd love to see is what you actually get in downtown Toronto, where you have TIFF Theater, and it's like exclusively for documentaries and international. And they build their audience, and people are dedicated because they know they like those yeah. films. Uh, just as much assholes at those theaters, by the way. <laughs> they pretend that they're better, but they're definitely not. <laughs> um, 
but you have like that theater and then you have the documentary theater up north and then you have Scotiabank, which is like your big blockbuster theater. Yeah. Um, but Toronto's big enough to support that. No other city is. Like me coming from Saskatoon, there's, <laughs> there's just the Scotiabank and that's yeah. it. And you don't get anything else. I feel, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I think I'm, it's going to be like the Scotiabank big theater. It's going to be that, but then it's just going to, they're going to expand everything around the, the, the actual movie theater port part. So it's going to be like a restaurant and like a mm. huge bar. And then there's going to be like a roller coaster <laughs> and like a, they're going to expand the arcade and like just add all these extra things. So movies just become like an event thing. <laughs> yeah. Which they're... will annoy me even more. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it, yeah, it becomes more of like your drive-in theater experience where it's not, it's not about whether the movie's good. It's just about you being there. You the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried that by the way? Uh, not since I was like five years old. Oh, okay. I feel like I would not like it. That's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the only the really the really weird thing for me is just having to turn on your car all the time. Everyone, oh, so your battery doesn't yeah, die. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think the future of streaming, like Netflix, is going to be? That's actually that's tough too because Netflix. Here, is here's also my prediction. <laughs> struggling. Because I think they're also struggling, but they have these, like, they're pumping a lot of movies into these big movies that they actually produce. I think you're going to start seeing tiered service of Netflix, where it's like... You, you can have, only get... Like, the base movies. subscription is, like, your, your Brooklyn Nine-Nine and your yeah, Office yeah. and all the stuff that's, like, not, like, have, was released a year ago. Yeah. And then either you get the gold subscription and you get access to all the new movies that come out, or you pay-per-view it. I mean, yeah, well... But their movies need to be good enough for you to think it's worth it. I don't think they're there yet. I think they need to build their brand. I think that would be a, a very smart move for them because I, for the life of me, I have zero idea how they make any money, like the way it's set up now. Like there's no, there's no ads, and but most of their content is just stuff that used to be like yeah, like whatever movie has been dumped on it from that came out a year ago. Like the production company isn't expecting much; they just want a little bit. Okay, so I don't yeah. think they're paying a ton for their content. Yeah, like Happy Gilmore. I wonder how much yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler is getting for. for I would be curious, but I feel like they're still in that like building brand phase where they're maybe not making that much money. Yeah. Um. Although the data is probably super valuable. The data? Oh, of like what people watch. Yeah. Maybe that's where they make their money. They sell that data after. To help movie studios decide what to invest in. The What's future. gonna what they're gonna make next? <laughs> data costs a lot so we're gonna see like bird box two and three coming out in theaters like with a huge budgets <laughs> i think it's more like they see those things trending and they know who to market them to oh yeah like not even just the data of what's popular but it's popular to these people oh yeah so yeah. here's their contact information <laughs> you can market them directly um but yeah no I, like something's got to change and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with it <laughs> I just hope that 20 years from now, there's still a theater to go to yeah, that, for I small mean, movies. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, I, I'd still be okay with going to Scotiabank. Like, I'm just worried. I'm worried that Scotiabank will turn into that, like, huge amusement park thing because no one's paying money for the movies anymore. Except for, like, the big ones. Yeah. And they got to keep making the right things, like Annihilation, which no one watched. But it's also like because of how big the theater are, you need to have those big movies coming out all the time. Yeah. 
Like, if you don't have a big movie, then it's like, well, you just have this massive room and no one's sitting in it. So we're just going to dig that Marvel hole into the, like, until we reach the center of the earth. I actually remember, like, a few years ago when the MCU popped up, people were predicting, like, oh, you're going to get the DCEU, you're going to get the dark, uh, whatever the monster the universe mo- was. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, there was the Godzilla universe, which is just starting to kick off. <laughs> but I think people were predicting you were going to have, like, five or six of these cinematic universes and they were just going to dominate the box office. And it hasn't quite got there. Like, Marvel's still the only one who's doing it consistently. Yeah. I mean, unless they do a giant crossover with all of them. So you have, like, Marvel, DC, and the Monst- and Godzilla, and King Kong. That would be, like, my dream explosion movie. It would be so bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because, like, that movie's not good because there's too much going on that you don't have a story. The <laughs> fact that they made Infinity War be an actual story is still, for, like, miraculous that, for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I feel I, the same way. I feel like they're just going to fuck up Endgame or something. Like, there's only <laughs> so long that they can keep pulling these out That of they their... can do that again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, after Endgame, at least they're all, they're all going to be individual movies again. Because, like, I just saw... Like, but they don't make individual movies again. For Marvel? No. Yeah, well, like, like Spider Man's gonna come individual out, as as much as a Marvel movie can be individual now. Cause like I just saw like, oh, the next the next six movies after Endgame, or the next six Marvel movies after Endgame, like uh, the YouTube video thing. So, but like, it's like even when it's a Thor movie, Hulk's there, and when you have a Spider Man movie, Iron Man's there. Like true. they can't help themselves. Well, the next star, uh, the next uh, Spider Man. I, I bet someone's gonna be in there that they're not gonna reveal until after Endgame. <laughs> uh, what's his name? The uh, Ebony Ma. Oh no, he's dead. Never he's mind. dead. <laughs> Avenge the Fallen. <laughs> uh, okay, let's wrap it up there. Uh, let's go on to our second slash third segment. Let's interview each other. <laughs> uh, so we're going to ask each other some random questions. Uh, not our typical rapid-fire questions. Very we're actually going to explain why we think our answer is what it is. Um, yeah, if you're curious to see how our minds work, your, your host and co-host, co-host's minds work, then uh, this is the segment for you. There we go. Uh, I'll start off. All right. Hit me. Okay, so I got five questions for you. Are you doing like five at a time, like, or are we gonna like alternate? <laughs> oh, we could do that. That would be better. Let's I do think that. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be answering the questions for like the next twenty minutes. Okay, so first question I have for you: Ryan Johnson is still confirmed to have a Star Wars trilogy coming out at some time. <laughs> it's said to not be related to the Skywalker story at all. What is your dream for what that trilogy would be? Oh, is it like a continuation of the, it's like after... They haven't said anything. It could be like Old Republic. It could be like, it's just basically you forget that Ryan Johnson is there, but (laughs) just know that there is a Star Wars trilogy coming on the horizon. What do you want it to be? Um, I would like them to extend uh, Rogue One into three more movies. Rogue Two, Rogue Three. (laughs) Um, No. Honestly, that's a I don't know cuz like I'm kind of just along for the ride. I'm not one of those Star Wars fans that are like I have to see the Boba Fett movie or like I have to see the story of Han Solo, which I did anyway. Mm-hmm. But like on it actually there was okay, 
now that I've said that, I'm going to completely contradict myself. Because <laughs> I just remembered, you, you know those, like, those novels, like the really small Star Wars novels where there's like short stories? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like, they're like completely random, but it takes place in the Star Wars universe. I don't, I don't know how they would do this, but there's like a few stories from there that I remember very vividly because I enjoyed them so much. But I would like to see those turn into movies. But they probably won't be like three in sequence and like just following the same story for three movies. It would be like three completely separate. Like so you essentially want them to... So when they first launched the um, a Star Wars story idea, they were kind of talking about let's make independent stories in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It ended up being like <laughs> the Death Star movie and then the Solo movie and then the Ben Kenobi movie. Yeah. But you then, like you like that idea, but just make them better and not be like <laughs> not be about I mean, that's temple an, characters. That's an easy answer, but yeah, and like you, you still have there's connection to the Star Star Wars universe. You're like exploring things like that are there that could be interesting, but it's not just these are the characters that you know. We're gonna give you mm. more of them. And then, like, the one I'm thinking of in particular, it was, like, it was, like, a horror novel. Like, there was an alien where, like, it was consuming people, and then it could take their forms. I would love to see them expand the genre. Like, the one thing I did like about Rogue One, it was, it was, it was at least a little bit different of, like, we're trying to do a different type of story in the same universe as yeah. opposed to just, here's another it Star was like Wars a, It was, movie. like, a tiptoe. They were, like, yeah. dipping into the pool a tiny bit. But, like, this, like, my dream, I guess, would be, like this completely random Star Wars horror movie where like with like none of the characters maybe you'll see like some of the alien species some Mon Calamari uh, relatives of Admiral Akbar um, but yeah just some, some really like, just becomes the Admiral Akbar origin story <laughs> yeah yeah it turns out in the end it's just like at the end the, the he was Admiral Akbar the whole time and that's how he got to where he was in the rebellion no, I mean, yeah, that's what I. I can't even remember the name of those novels, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look them up now. If you if you listeners listeners <laughs> remember those and are on board with me, uh, let us know in uh, on Instagram at Houston. We have a podcast. Sweet. <laughs> what would you What would you want to, for that? I would want it like an actual trilogy. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Um, the idea of a trilogy, not what most people think a trilogy is, but what some directors throughout history have done with a trilogy. Like um, a Quentin Tarantino universe type Sort thing? of. Um, you know the movie Old Boy? Yeah. So that is part of a trilogy of movies that the plots don't connect, but it's just three movies about revenge. Oh, and so it's yeah, a thematic yeah. trilogy. Um, I would love something like that, where it's like... Three let's movies do, about the Force. <laughs> well, something more <laughs> right. interesting. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Um, What was that movie about the... Um, the Matrix, the animated one. Animatrix. Animatrix. <laughs> um, but yeah, like something like that where like those ones were just short stories, but like just take three stories in the universe, go different planets, different genres, but have yeah. a theme that kind of surrounds it. Maybe they're like 200 years apart on like something that happens like over time. Yeah. Or like you could do like a, a crime story in Moss Eisley. <laughs> like I'm actually, um, so sort of related, Ryan Johnson is making another crime movie this year. Um, whether a crime movie? A crime movie. Oh, okay. With um, Bond, whatever his name is. Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig. 
Um, and he's got this great cast for it. And, like, Ryan Johnson's actually a really great director. Like, I really love the stuff that he does, especially crime movies. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to redeem himself from Last Jedi. Um, but probably not make another good Star Wars movie. Was he the one that did Monsters, by the way? No, that was Gareth Edwards who did Rogue One. Right. Okay. He did The Looper. That just, okay, sorry. That just reminded me to what we were talking about before. Sorry, rewinding <laughs> a little bit, but Monsters is a good example of uh, the trailer completely giving me something that I expected not in the movie. <laughs> you didn't expect them to walk around for two hours and for nothing to happen? Yes, I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, oh, okay, this is supposed to be good. Like, they're going to... Like the the conversation will be interesting because they're not there's no monsters here, and then it wasn't. They're just I was bored. And everyone loved it though, and that's why he got Rogue One. And then I was happy that he got, <laughs> that he did Rogue One. But anyways, that's uh, let's move on to our next question for your host Carson. Um, what do you think was the biggest fall from of an actor from one from one movie to another? Like, and the example I use is from my extensive netflix watching uh have you seen cinderella man yes it's yeah it's the boxing movie about um what's his name our previous guest alex was a uh, extra in it oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but it was about uh i remember the villain max bear well he isn't the villain he's like a real guy mm-hmm. and uh side note his family sued because he was like represented as an asshole <laughs> in the movie but anyways uh, and then um braddock Richard Braddock or something like that. He was the Russell Crowe, the okay. protagonist. Anyways, um, so I watched, well, I remember that movie very well because I've seen it a few times. And then I just, for whatever reason, I watched Scary Movie 4 on Netflix. <laughs> um, and I needed something in the background. And then I noticed that the main guy in Scary Movie 4 is the guy that played Max Bear in Cinderella Man, which was like mm. an Oscar-winning movie, wasn't it? And then I, I, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm completely off on this, but he did one right after the, or like one very, or sorry, Cinderella Man, very close to Scary Movie 4, mm-hmm. which seems to be quite a large fall for me. But that's my example. Yeah, it's hard to say because I feel like actors and actresses, like they go up and down so quickly and so often, it's almost hard to judge them on one movie. Mm-hmm. But like to look at a trend... I think it would be examples where I had a lot of hope for somebody based on their first couple movies and then they just didn't deliver. Um, the one that the well, the one that I use, he came back eventually, uh, but <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Because he had some terrific stuff in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and then Moon. And I was like, this guy is one of the best actors out there. Um, and then I think he did Gentleman Broncos. What? Which wasn't his worst performance, but he did just like all these really shitty movies until I think a couple years ago when he did Seven Psychopaths, yeah. and then he did Three Billboards, uh, Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, and like I feel like he's back, but at any point he could just completely drop again because I think he does movies similar to Nicolas Cage in a way where like <laughs> yeah. he wants to have fun with it, so he has a lot of talent, but it depends what he wants to so do. So it's like the the three three for me two for uh, what's that rule i have not heard of this before so there, there's like i think uh, between actors it's like they do three like one movie for themselves and then three for audience or like fans or whatever something like that you never heard of that no because like the only reason i know about that was the roast of uh james franco 
Okay. So Jonah Hill was like he was referencing that rule, but then the joke was that like James Franco makes three for me. Oh no, he makes like two for me and then five for nobody. <laughs> uh, speaking of that though, so this is also tying into us the movie because um, M Night Shyamalan. Oh. I think as a is a historical example of somebody who had a lot of promise and then just dropped off. His line is just like a complete zigzag. I'm starting to worry that Jordan Peele is going to follow that same trajectory. You think so? Because he's pulling off these movies with ridiculous premises <laughs> that like because he's making them really well with great style and great acting. Oh yeah. And it's like when is the village coming up? <laughs> when are people not going to be on board anymore? Yeah. Like okay, for the village, like what makes is it so okay, this is not even part of your question. So like, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like, what what's the the degree? What's the space between the village being a great twist and it just being like completely? Stupid? I actually really like the village. I would consider that one of his good movies. I didn't even think it was that bad. But it I was didn't... like a lot of people point to it as the first movie that was bad because I think right after that was the happening. Oh God. And it was like, it was the first chink in the armor. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind it. I thought it was a decent movie. It wasn't as good as his other stuff, but it was like, I was on board with it. Mm. I mean, it was still like intriguing. Yeah. For most of the movie. Um, what was his most recent one? Oh, Glass. Yeah. Because uh, he always likes to put a cameo of himself in a movie. Have yeah. you seen Glass? I haven't seen Glass yet. <laughs> yeah. His cameo is just way too long. <laughs> like it's one of the like when you so he gave himself a role not just a cameo but no it's just one scene and like an unnamed character so it's like a true cameo yeah but it's like the conversation just goes on too long and has nothing to do with anything that's happening in the movie <laughs> and it's like okay just end this please he should have uh, had a had a talk with uh, Stan Lee before he passed Peter Jackson did the good ones Alfred Hitchcock did he wait Peter Jackson Peter Jackson was in the first Lord of the Rings he ate a carrot and then walked off screen I what? think it's in the extended only. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Uh, but Alfred Hitchcock used to like just get on a bus at the beginning of a scene, and then that, that was it. <laughs> so like he would do he, – like, he started that. And that. I think Shyamalan's trying to copy Hitchcock. I would definitely do that, not just because of like – just because I want to, if I was a director. That's fair. Of course, I, yeah, I'd put myself in my own movie. Okay, next question for you. Okay. So the DCEU – failed I, th- I think we can consider the cinematic universe a little bit of a failure at this point in terms of what they originally wanted it to be because they originally had this dark universe and then they found more success recently because they've essentially just started copying marvel <laughs> is it possible from a mainstream perspective to have a successful cinematic universe that is the dark vision that they wanted is it just that those movies particularly were bad and they failed or is that concept just not going to work? I think, yes, it's possible if they just relax and stop worrying about we have to beat Marvel or we have to, like, this has to be as big as Marvel because, like, there's plenty of things in those movies that I enjoy and, like, they, the people that they have casted in those roles, like, I like all of them, like uh, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, we'll see who Batman is, um, uh, who else, Cyborg, well, you don't really know him. He does a decent job, though. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, I'm, I apologize, Cyborg, he's a nobody. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. He's kind of a nobody. Yeah, yeah. but, like, for the most part, the cast are people that, well, I mean, I like, I feel like they, the cast 
are people that most of the audience wants to get behind. Like they want to root mm-hmm. for. Everyone likes Gal Gadot. Everyone likes um, what's his name? Aquaman. Um, oh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> but like they're likable people, and people want to like those movies, or I at least want to like them. They're just like they're making. They're going rogue. Like they don't know what they want to do, and they they're just trying to beat Marvel, and they like it. It just makes them cut things up, and they n- nothing makes sense in the end. Mm-hmm. So I think. They can keep the same style. Like, it's cool. Most of it looks cool. It's just they they have to remember to make a movie. <laughs> Maybe that's a more interesting question, though. Like, can anyone else make a cinematic universe because anyone who's trying to will just try to be like Marvel and will be compared to Marvel? I mean, yeah. I think so. I, I don't know how they would do it, <laughs> but I mean... It takes a more creative person than me. Maybe that's why it's so hard. But not saying that I'm very creative. But So it would have to happen organically? Like it wouldn't be someone who's like, okay, we're making this universe and we're going to go for it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, like, do you think anyone is actually even going to try to make a universe after this? Well, I think Star Wars is going to keep trying. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> Disney. Like, I mean, they can. <laughs> They they'll, they'll keep they can keep going until yeah people will keep keep paying for it yeah so. um, I think the DC properties are too good for them to not make movies on I I wonder what the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is of like once they get to a point where people are kind of bored with it or it's too bloated like are they gonna have five universes that are trying to copy them that with like the light fun stuff and then yeah. Marvel becomes the dark universe because they're trying to differentiate like <laughs> you know what you know what I would like to see? I'm going to change my answer I'm going to contra- contradict myself again <laughs> I would like to see DC just completely abandon like the the universe the the EU mm-hmm. and then just make like Aquaman boom movie that's it and then Wonder Woman over here and then Batman, get Christopher Nolan back. Fuck it. <laughs> so the DC Elseworlds idea that they're trying to do right now. Because they Are have they? the Joker movie coming out. Oh, right, right. But then uh, they'll put fucking Wonder Woman in there somehow. No, no. It's completely separate. Are um, you sure? Yeah, it's going to be. Um, because they're also going to make a Jared Leto Joker movie in oh, another God. year or two. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. They're, so they're making, because the, what was it, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to... Let Jared They're still going to make a Jared Leto one in the universe. Why? But this is a completely different one. They've been testing this with their animated movies with Batman Ninja and the Jack the Ripper Batman movie. And I think I'm hoping it works because I like DC properties, but I don't like their universe. Every time I look at Jared Leto's Joker, I look at I see Jared Leto trying really, really hard to be Joker. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I be really weird? And like, it's, try, it's the whole DC universe just trying too hard. Right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's like, I took my whole time answering that question just to say that. All right, what do you got? Oh, right, sorry. I have to ask your next question. Um, <laughs> this one is okay. I overheard this premise uh, while eating sushi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, if a werewolf bought, bit a wolf. We're assuming this isn't a movie. Mm-hmm. How do you think that would play out? Like, does the wolf become a human at the full moon? <laughs> or, <laughs> and it walks around as a wolf most of the time? 
or uh, so what's the because i'm not actually that familiar with werewolf mythology you're gonna make it up <laughs> but like right the, the conventional one is it usually that oh uh, yeah if so a like werewolf bites a human then it becomes a werewolf then the human like becomes a werewolf like a vampire type thing yeah i unlo- yeah i think so or we could use a vampire example instead because a werewolf isn't a wolf it's a hybrid right Yes. So I think if a werewolf bit a wolf, it would still become a werewolf under full moon. But it's oh, so like the it'll walk around as a wolf, and then at the full moon, it's just like a jacked up wolf, like a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I wonder if it would be slightly wolfier. Slightly wolfier? Well, that's what a werewolf. Is. Well, how do you? It would be a wolfier werewolf. How does a wolf werewolf? become wolfier? Oh, it's like so like it's you know in Harry Potter, their version of a werewolf is like a really skinny thing, and then if you look at a lichen <laughs> yeah. in the um, underworld underworld universe, they're like <laughs> jacked. I think that's what would happen is you would have like you'd have a lichen. Yeah. Well, what kind of original werewolf are you thinking of right now? Like, what's your base werewolf? Werewolf in London. But the werewolf with werewolf. Benicio del Toro. The, oh. <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, when I think of werewolves, like, actually Harry Potter comes to mind first. Because there's not a lot of other recent examples of them doing that well. Yeah. Also, I just binged all those movies recently. Did you? Yeah. Hey, they're all on Netflix. Shout out Netflix again. Um, Pay us Netflix. (laughs) Um, all right. I I guess that's a satisfactory, uh, just a a wolfier werewolf. A wolfier werewolf. He, yeah, he's not as human. Um, okay, my next question. Which of these uh, Earth futures would you be most successful and best off in? Which Earth future? Yes. Okay. So I have four of these. And oh, it's okay. like, not just which one would you most want to be in, but yeah. like, which Polo of these four Polos would be mo- the most successful? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the four options are Minority Report, <laughs> Blade cool. Runner, Star Trek, and Fifth Element. Um, I think Star Trek. Okay. Um, I mean, I would love to say Fifth Element, but I'm not that. I think you need to be more of like a badass, and like you need to be very independent. Well, yeah, you have to you have to like be street smart in the Fifth Element world because everything it seems like everything's kind of gone to shit. But it doesn't seem like I think the story's going to shit, but the world isn't necessarily the story. Like, the story of the fifth element is people getting into trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, like, everything, like, there's, like, muggers, like, standing outside your door and, like, true. shit like that. I don't think I could, I wouldn't do very well. I would do okay, but I would get robbed a lot. So you like the peace and harmony of the Star Trek The Star movies. Trek, like, not necessarily peace and harmony, but if I was, like, on a Star Trek crew, mm. like, I would have my role. It's like, I'm, I'm attributing it to my, how I live in real life. Like, if I have my role, I know what to do every day, day in and day out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. You like that or- the order. I mean... Predictability. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not predict... Like... But not so much predictability of Minority Report? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you plan that? No, I didn't. <laughs> what was the other one? Um, there was a third... Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Um, That's a dirtier future. I don't know enough. It seems like there's just nothing there <laughs> in the Blade Runner future. Um, It's like... I wouldn't... Like, it's not a dystopia like it's it's the future it's just it's a little dirtier it looks, and uh, it looks barren like 
Uh, Maybe I'm thinking of when he found Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's not like that's the outskirts of some town. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I I'm gonna stick with Star Trek because it's like, yeah, it's I know what I'm doing. It and it's uh it's right up my alley, in real life. Cool. That's a good question. Um, I put almost five minutes of time into thinking of these. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I want you to recast Reservoir Dogs. Ooh. Yeah. <sighs> okay. For the, the 2019... Uh, it's 2019. It's 20, 2019 uh, version of Reservoir Dogs. So I, forget, I forget all their colors, but I'm going to do... There's pink. I even forget some of the actors' names. Um, but the guy who cuts the ear off. The kind of crazy guy. He's a blonde. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say blonde. Um, Can I grab a beer? So I would cast him with... You can steal one of my beers yeah. if you want, yeah. Does it matter which one? No. We're at uh, Carson's... While well, Carson's thinking, um, we're at uh, Carson's new condo, by the way. It's very nice and cozy. Uh, we'll post his uh, full address uh, at the end of the episode. <laughs> It'll be on Toronto, like, star maps. Like, <laughs> yeah. go, go see, we're Houston, we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cast, <laughs> oh and this gosh. is another Tarantino person, but Walton Goggins. Oh, that's a good one. In that role of Mr. Oh, he Bond. He is a Tarantino person now. Yeah, he is. Um, so I, I think he could play that well. Who, in, he's Mr. Blonde? Yes. Oh, but I want to root for him. No, no one wants to root for Walton Goggins. What? Everyone loves Walton Goggins. He's good at being an asshole. Like. Yeah. I mean, but he's like, the way he plays asshole is like, he's kind of like a funny asshole. Like, remember in Predators? Uh, the With Adrian Brody? Oh, I, I rewatched that recently, but I can't remember. He was like a prisoner. He was wearing an orange jumpsuit all the time. And he was like complaining about he didn't have a gun. He's like, you have two guns. Like, give me... Oh, I do remember this, yeah. Yeah, and I think he's a little bit racist, but, like, everyone let it slide because he was funny. Exactly, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but, like, he's... Well, they were all assholes, but he was, like, a funny asshole. Fair. Anyways. Um, Tim Roth, so main character. Oh, you're going to bring back Tim Roth? No, no, I'm saying for his character... Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to bring in... Uh, you know what? Fuck it, we'll bring in... What's his name from Baby Driver? Ansel... Ansel Elgort. Elgort. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Cool. So he's going to be the, the undercover cop. Yeah. You think Ansel Elgort can play, like, Suffering for <laughs> an hour? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. It's going to be, like, a, a weird departure from If him, I like, had more time, around. I could cast this a lot better. <laughs> but I think he's a good actor. Like, I think he can play it. Okay. I um, haven't seen him in anything else. But. For the Harvey Keitel role, I'm going to bring in... Oh, we just mentioned him. The guy who plays Bond. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. I'm bringing in Daniel Craig. Because he's getting kind of old, and I yeah. think he can play, like, serious and kind of angry, <laughs> focused on the job. I would have picked uh, Gary Oldman. Because uh, Harvey mm -hmm. Keitel loses his shit a lot. I'd like it. You get a bunch of uh, Gary Oldman uh, freakouts in one movie. I think Daniel Craig can do that, too. Oh, yeah. I think in the right role, yeah. Uh, did you see Logan Lucky? No. He plays a very different type of character. Daniel in that Craig? One. Yeah. Okay. Is he like wild and? Uh... He's super eccentric. I okay. Have you ever I seen the movie Rat Race? Rat Race, yeah. Uh, Wait, the one with Mr. Bean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the guy who's running it all, and he says that he's like eccentric? Huh? Uh, the 
British actor who plays nearly headless Nick. Oh, uh, John Cleese. Yeah. 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 He reminds me like Daniel Craig's character in Logan Lucky reminds me of uh, Cleese. Of in, John Cleese in Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, no, it doesn't. But <laughs> okay, no, no, no. That's I don't, the best that, I can do. That's how I'm thinking about it now when I watch <laughs> Logan Lucky. <laughs> um. What other characters do we need to recast? Mm. Mr. Pink. Steve oh, Buscemi. Buscemi. Uh, so who do we got? We got a guy who's kind of like, kind of a wimp, kind of like Weasley. Weasley. Well, I mean, that's all. How do you Steve recast Buscemi? Steve Buscemi? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no one else you can see as Steve Buscemi. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. We can revisit Mr. Pink. Um, the old man, I would... Like, the, that brings them all together? Yeah, I'm going to cast the main dude from Jurassic Park. John Hammond? No. <laughs> the guy who was young, like the... Who? Oh, I forget his name. Wait, which Jurassic Park? The first one. Okay. The main guy who's not... Jeff Goldblum? No, no. Sam Neill? Yes, yeah, Sam Neill. Oh, Okay. Because Sam Neill's old one. now. Yeah. And he, he was, was in a movie same, called though, The Hunt for the Wilder People. And I think he plays that type of role really well. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's and cool. Then and that then that guy's his son. son. He's like a like a Italian. Uh... Jonah Hill. <laughs> That's a good. Just because. He looks like he'll be like his character from War Dogs. And because Jonah Hill's in, we're going to cast Mr. Pink as Michael Sarah. Oh my <laughs> god, that's actually really good. That's actually really good. This is really a good. really weird movie. It'll be Michael Sarah, but from This Is The End, where he's like a coke fiend. <laughs> uh, getting sucked off in the washroom. Um, okay, there's also... Um, uh, okay, two more roles, because Quentin Tarantino, he's a yeah, no he's one in that movie. Uh, okay, how about The Cop and... Uh, I'm forgetting someone. Oh, the cop who gets his ear cut off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, th- cast him before I, while I think of the other guy. I almost want to just put like a nobody in that role. Because it's like you don't even want somebody who's a famous actor. Let's put in... Um, Ray Fisher. Charles from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's known. That would completely take me out of it. He, but he's going to play... A, this is going to be his serious turn. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I can't remember anyone else. Okay, yeah, that's good. I would, I'd watch it. Would it still be Quentin Tarantino? Uh, I don't think it is anymore. <laughs> it's directed by Jonah Hill. Because mid-90s was good. So let's get him directing more. Um... We're going to have Denny Villeneuve do a soft reboot like he did for Blade Runner 2049 for one of the following three franchises. Which one do you want? Rush Hour, Fifth Element, or The Mummy? Oh, my God. I hate you. (laughs) Well, it's Denny... I would say Fifth Element just because it's... I think it, it... it lends more to his style. Hmm. I, I don't see him making a mummy movie or a buddy cop. 
So what's that movie going to be about? Which, The Fifth Element? Yeah, the, the 20, 30 years later. Fifth Holy Element. shit. Okay. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> this is so weird. I can do so many things. I want to do all the Who's things. Who's going to be your main character, at least? Huh? Who's going to be your main character? I'm going to make that movie that we talked about when we made the uh, when we had the bracket. It's the Ruby Rod movie. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Danny Villeneuve. No, 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 no I'm just kidding. Um, Oh, should I should I make what I want it to be or what it would be if it actually happened? Yeah, what do you want it to be? All right. Um, okay, like it'll be Bruce. It'll be what's Bruce Willis's name again? Dallas Corbin. Corbin Dallas. Corbin Dallas. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot that too. Okay, so it's gonna be Corbin Dallas again. Um, it's gonna be like it's gonna be really actually Fifth Element was already silly. Oh, but then Denny Villeneuve is not. Damn, this is hard. I'm more so when I pick Denny Villeneuve, I think like a legit, serious, well done yeah. sequel twenty years later. You know, okay, no, I'll, I'll I'm gonna stick with Fifth Element. It's gonna be like a straight up action movie. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be a little faster paced than. Uh, <laughs> um, what's Blade it Runner? called? Blade Runner. Um, I want to bring um, Zorg back somehow. He's cloned or something. Gary Oldman? Cyborg. Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't even have to be Gary Oldman, but I want Zorg back. And um, he wants revenge. It's a revenge story. Zorg wants revenge uh, for blowing him uh, against um, Corbin Dallas for blowing him up. And he's knocking off everyone that was involved originally. <laughs> so he's killing. He kills Ruby Rod. Uh, he kills uh, the, the priest guy. Um, and he killed the president, Tiny. <laughs> Actually, yo, it begins with him killing Tiny, but Tiny's already on his deathbed, like the big black guy. Why do I keep calling him Tiny? That's not his it, name. It was, I know, but in a different movie, I think his name was Tiny. That makes sense, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so he kills the president on his deathbed because it's like 20 years in the future and he's really old. Um, and then that's like the, the cold open. And then he starts, yeah, he starts hunting everyone down. And then um, they visit Corbin Dallas in his shitty apartment again because all his rewards from saving the world the first time, he's, blew it, he's blown it all. And uh, Mila Jovovich has left him. I'm, I just, okay, this is pretty much Fifth Element, but all over again. So Tiny is the nickname of the actor. Oh, it's so actually his, his actual, yeah. Yeah, okay. I knew I was, <laughs> I, I knew I was making sense. But uh, yeah, I'm essentially making like, it's it's fifth element, but like more of it. <laughs> so you're not having like a Ryan Gosling type character where it's like someone else new to bring in. It's just the old characters back again. Yes, and he's gonna be old as fuck. <laughs> Still kind of. It's the gonna same. be like, uh, yeah. Except for the hair. But. Yeah, it's gonna be like red. <laughs> so there's a cross between red and uh, fifth element. So red in space, and then he's gonna recruit uh, uh, the younger priest guy. Mm who's like, he's left the, the priesthood because of all the shit he's seen. I wonder if he's done anything since. I'm going to look this up while you're talking. Side note, Luke Perry was in that movie, in Fifth Element. Rest Where? in peace. At the very beginning. In the pyramid. When they first see the aliens. I remember that scene. I don't remember him. He's like, a, he brings the priest water and he like shoots the aliens. Okay. Anyways. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a showdown between Bruce Willis and Zorg. Side, uh, another side note, 
I just, I remember the first time I watched that movie, I thought Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis looked so much alike that they did that on purpose, and he was supposed to be like a doppelganger. What? <laughs> like an evil doppelganger of Bruce Willis. I was really young. <laughs> so yeah, but the, my, the short answer is fifth. I'm making the fifth element again, but more. So it's the sixth element. So this guy's really going to appreciate it because he hasn't had any work since 2005. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Now, but it sounds like um, Justin Long and Die Hard. Oh, That's probably yeah. his character. I, I just made a shitty movie. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, well, you get Denny Villeneuve, so we'll just call <laughs> yeah. it good anyway. Okay. Um, last question I have. Wait. Oh, no. That was my question for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Idris Elba. Bad agent or bad choices? And can he do better? So definitely, yes, he can do better. Um, I think he's similar to The Rock in that he's made bad decisions but has still put forward good performances. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's done enough in other movies to give me confidence in him as an actor. And even in like the upcoming um, Hobbs and Shaw movie. like He still looks like he's trying hard. Like he's not <laughs> Bruce Willising it. I mean, he's he's playing his character like Brixton, the the new, new Chops and Shaw movie. Like that's mm. that's like his thing. That's how he. That's what he plays the best. I feel but like. I, I think we've also seen him as having a lot of potential, and he's never really reached it. I I think he's capped. Like I think he reached his pinnacle early on, and there's just not a lot more there. <laughs> I feel like he has to be Bond. I think he would be a great Bond. Yeah. Uh, he might be a little too old now because the <laughs> next Bond, you're going to want to have him be there for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to hedge my bets and say in between <laughs> of like, I think he's made some, I think the main issue is that he hasn't made the best choices of what movies he's made, but I don't think he's as good as we all think he is because mm -hmm. he needs to prove it and he hasn't maybe like he's always been like, oh, I really like him. But he's like he hasn't had that one like Oscar movie where it's like shown his full potential. Yeah. So maybe the full potential isn't there. All right. Have you seen that movie where he was on the mountain with uh, Kate? Winslet? I have not. No. Okay. But he kind of plays the same character in every movie. So that one I think was probably his most different role. It's mm -hmm. just a shame that the movie was boring. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the last question I have for you. And we're going to go back to the Rogue One fight. <laughs> I want you to explain why Rogue One is fun. Why it's fun? Yes. Um, I mean, I can tell you why I... Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's, good, there's great action. Um, the characters... I, we're going to disagree on this forever. Okay. But the characters, I feel like, even though they're not very well developed, they're good enough that, like... I mean, I cared about them. The characters I cared at least about enough that I like they were funny and they were pretty cool in what they were doing. Most of them. I, I don't want to <laughs> extend that to everyone. I'm not going to fight back on this. By no, the I way. know. I know. I'm just going to let you explain. Okay, this. that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the characters. Um, I felt what they were doing because it was familiar enough. That, like, I know there's a whole argument about, like, oh, spoiler alert, they get the plans. But, mm -hmm. like, I, I – it was familiar enough for me that I knew what they were trying to do. I, I was with it. I was, like, I was invested. 
and I didn't want them to die, but they did. And so you like the characters? Yes. Um, and just like, I think it it was well paced. Like it moved forward well. Like it wasn't it wasn't boring. Like, and that I think that that lends itself to why the for to me liking the characters and mm. also, um, like, just the end was just one of the most. Uh, it was, I think it was probably the, the best big battle in a Star Wars movie that, that has ever been made. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right. I will, I will just... <laughs> I will not argue it. I'll How just, much does I, that hurt to not say anything about that? I have a few comments, but I won't. No, go for it. No, no. I don't I, care. I, we can't do this without like, doing it for like half an hour. <laughs> no, it's so. fine. I, I, have a, I won't respond to your comments. I'm just going to leave it. Um... <laughs> for me I just, like everyone died and I didn't care I, and it's like yeah. none of these char- like there was no character that I could point to being like oh I wish they would have been in another movie I was just like cool no that's like this, and that's the thing that I know we're gonna disagree forever like at least uh, uh, Chirrut and uh, Baze Malbus coincidentally the two only Asian guys <laughs> I did think they were the best two characters yeah even um, the pilot, Riz Ahmed. I think he was an interesting character to help tell that story. Yeah. I'm not, like, craving for him in another story. Because, well, I like him. And for some reason, I really do like his character. Like, he, he was, like, he was... He, was a- he fit the story. The one character I was really sad that died because I wanted more of it was Saw Gerrera. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that just felt like a complete waste for me. Yeah. And um, K2SO? K2SO was fine. Yeah. But, like, they're, they're not so bad. Like, they're not so bad to the point where I don't want to see them again. Like, I was, I was legitimately sad that they... Not sad, but, like... Yeah, well, yeah, I was sad that I died. I, I think for me, like, I probably hate on Rogue One more than I should. But for me, <laughs> good enough isn't good enough. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, there's nothing particularly wrong with all of it, but it's just like, it didn't make me feel anything. And yeah. Ultimately, like, movies, there's no one or two things you can do to say this is a good movie or a bad movie. It's like, what do you feel? Does it make you feel anything? Some people, it'll make you feel something. Some people, it won't. <laughs> For me, it didn't make me feel yeah. anything. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's, again, we'll, we'll disagree on that forever. I, I wish, though, that Rogue One went down as the worst Star Wars movie. <laughs> but it's just gotten worse. Since. You know what? I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos where people actually enjoy, like, liked Rogue One, and it's going to, like, solidify my, my opinion, and I'm going to fight you forever. But, um... We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, funny that you should ask that question, but um, you have to make, like, the type of, like, a spin-off movie of Star Wars. Like, the the current universe mm-hmm. like you have to make a movie about a character that's already there it's not like a not not a standalone you have to make one of the things that you hate the most it, it has to exist in the within the current trilogy or not trilogy the current series uh, and which story would you tell um, so pretty much any character that was told in the stories from the new movies wait what are you talking about like Anything made by the Disney Star Wars movies, it's like a spin-off yes. of those, or it has to be yeah. a spin-off of any. Or actually, make make it the original six. 
So we'll have to do a spin-off of the original six characters. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to make the movie that I thought Solo should have been, which is a crazy, eccentric character space pirate movie, and I'm going to make it from the Bounty Hunters. And I'm not going to use Boba Fett because I think that's too much pressure on it. <laughs> I want to put Bosk, but I feel like he's too much of an asshole. So I'm going to... No, Does I'm he even use, have a character? Yeah, he's like asshole British guy. Oh, okay. I'm basing that mostly on Star Wars Battlefront. The animated... Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Because his intro, when you pick him as a character, is like he's like all swarmy British guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no. So I'm going to make a Bosk movie. Um, <laughs> actually... Is he the protagonist? He can't be a protagonist. I just want something in that world. Maybe the origin story of the guy who has the rancor. <laughs> the guy who like cries when it dies? Because you can cast him as like a younger, sexier version of him. Not like a pot belly guy. Because he grows up to be a fat like... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the rancor guy. Who's, is it going to be Jonah Hill? <laughs> no, it'll be like Tom Hardy. Oh, wow. Like, he really aged poorly. He re And he, like, rescued the, a baby rancor. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm with okay. that. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is Avengers Endgame. Predictions. Oh. Predict oh, wait, we didn't well, we talk about this already? Let's limit this to, of the original six Avengers, who's going to survive and who's going to die? I think they're all going to survive. Really? Yep. And I'm I'm sorry to say it, but well, so they can't bring back Black Panther without bringing back like Falcon or whatever. They can't be like well, Falcon's oh, we not the original six. Oh, sorry. Wait. Oh, you said original six. Original six. Who's gonna so, die? Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I still don't. <laughs> I still don't think anyone's gonna die. But if it is anyone, it's either Iron Man or Captain America. I'm thinking it's going to be both, considering both? Chris Evans has said he's not coming back. Since who? Chris Evans has said he's not coming back. He did? <laughs> See, like, this is not fair, because you already did research on this. And uh, I... Well, it's been pretty broadcasted. No. I, I think Captain America definitely dead. I think Hawkeye's going to die. And I think I can see that happening. I think Scarlett Johansson has to die, because she's super expensive and not... Is she? She's like one of the top paid female actors. Aren't they still going to make her own spin-off movie? Oh, they have to do that. Yeah, true. so I don't think she, she's going to die. Even, I, even if they weren't going to make the, her, that movie, though, I think they still wouldn't have killed her. Uh, so I'm going to go with Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, all dead. No, I don't think Thor's going to die either. I think they're too expensive. <laughs> He's the one that's actually holding up Star Trek Four right now. Oh, yeah? Because they want to have a time travel movie where it's like, Kirk and his dad. Oh, and his dad. <laughs> Oh, that would be cool. It would be. Yeah. We can uh, talk about that in our next episode <laughs> about Star Trek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to have... I mean, we are going to have a Star Trek movie. So uh, if you want uh, updates, uh, the latest updates, and uh, just see some cool stuff on our Instagram, follow at Houston. We have a podcast. Or um, follow us on Twitter at HWHA Podcast. Yes. Uh, you have lots of big things to look forward to. Bye. Bye. <laughs>